Today's Pentecost Sunday, and today we've come to the house of the Lord. We have a very special guest speaker, my friend, Pastor Ernest Collins. Amen. And we're delighted to have him. And Pastor Collins, I've known him for many, many years, going way back. He, he worked with Brother Wells for many, many, many years, but then he answered a call to a struggling little congregation in Binghamton, New York, and he went there, and he has raised up a mighty work, doing a great work from God. They've recently acquired a church building. They're in the process of renovating and restoring. You should see it. It's absolutely beautiful. This man is the man for Binghamton, New York, and he's doing a great work, and he's a great preacher, and I want to bring Pastor Collins to you today. Let's have some... He's got, he's got some stories to tell us about some miracles that have taken place recently in his ministry. Now I want him to do that and preach to us this morning. Pastor Collins, come on. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is great and greatly to be praised. What a great spirit here is the spirit of the Lord. It's very thick, very rich. Uh, I can see it's been cultivated with prayer and fasting and faith. Hallelujah. And under those circumstances, I do believe that anything can happen. Hallelujah. And a more, a more direct shot, I believe that what we need to happen will happen. Amen. A little bit more direct. What we need to happen. A lot of time I like to ask people, what can you believe God for? What can you believe God for? What is it that you need that you can believe God for? Jesus actually asked a question. He asked people, what is it that you need? Uh, what is it that you're, what are you seeking? Well, I want to tell you something. If I can help, cut to the chase. If we can just get in our mind and seek him, and that's exactly what we've been doing. That's what we've been doing, just seeking him. I believe that whatever we need to reach out to God for, I believe that God is here. He's able right now. I want to give honor to, hallelujah, uh, Pastor LaFave, Sister LaFave, praise the Lord for your pastor. Praise the Lord. <laughs> pastor, pastor LaFave is second to none, a man of God that is a leader, is a uh, founder, uh, apostle, you know, what, what, however, whatever title the Lord have placed on his life. Second to none, and I'm talking about not just in the New York district, but anywhere. I love this man. I love this man. I love him growing up. I love him now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Sister LaFave, praise the Lord. I love these beautiful people. Brother and Sister Heller. Hallelujah. Brother Wright. Hallelujah. We worked a long time on the youth board together. I actually just got off this year. He's been 17 years, uh, about 16 years I was, I was on the youth committee and uh, uh, served a number of those years as a youth secretary, but um, now you got a, a better man, Brother D's taking over, and I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm going to work on my church now. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the Lord! But so good to see all the saints of God here this morning, and it's so good to be with you on Pentecost Sunday. And I want to tell you something. That was, we, we, you know, we're singing that song. We're, we're there, they're actually doing a, uh, the motions at home to that song, you know, Out of Your Belly. That's a hard song to do, you know. It's, you know, the music and everything, that's very difficult. I was very pleased to hear that song. I was like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> hallelujah. Fantastic. Hallelujah. Today's Pentecost Sunday. 
And as you know, that God poured his spirit out on the church on Pentecost Sunday. In Acts, the, the first chapter, we find a group of 120 believers in Jerusalem in the upper room waiting for the promise. Just 10 days prior, Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and wait on the promise. And hallelujah, the Lord, the, the promise came in, in a way that they never could uh, expect. They can never in their mind draw a picture in their mind a way that the Spirit of the Lord came to them. But I want to say that it came in one of the most appropriate ways, cloven tongues of fire. And I'll get into that why it's so appropriate. <laughs> but cloven tongues of fire sat upon each of them as the Scripture says that and when they received the Holy Spirit, the Spirit gave them the utterance. It gave them the ability to speak. Hallelujah, in a language that, that, God, that God wanted them to speak. In a way that God wanted them to speak, the people had to trust what God was doing. And matter of fact, they gathered together to trust God. They gathered together to believe him. Whatever God wanted to do in that moment, they, they, if they were skeptical, they said, I'm not going to be skeptic. I'm, I'm, if, they were, uh, if they were uncomfortable, they said, for a moment in time, I'm just going to put my guard down and allow God just to be God, allow God to do what God want to do. Um, it's not uh, uncommon to be um, somewhat uh, apprehensive about things of the spirit because it's spirit. They, we, we, that are, we, that, we that are born of the flesh is flesh. We're accustomed to things of this flesh, but I want to tell you that God have, have allowed us to experience a spiritual birth. Hallelujah, that I believe, that I believe, and it's scripturally, it's true that God wants everyone to experience. So I go with that confidence. I go with that faith. It is the will of the Lord that everyone be born of the Spirit. It is the will of the Lord. Just real quick, if you'll read with me, then I'll let you, you, I'll let you sit. Okay, um, if you'll turn with me to... Uh, Acts, the 17th chapter, verses 24 through 28. Acts 17. I have an iPad, and... um. I've been preaching from the iPad. I was doing a funeral Friday. And do you know my notes went somewhere? They just left. <laughs> they left, and I'm like, I, and I, so I'm, 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 I'm going back. I'm actually going to have my paper back up. I'm going back to my Today I don't have it, but. I just about thought I got confused here again. I was thinking, okay, I'm just solidified the thought. I'm going back. So if you see me future, preaching with an iPad and a notebook, that means that I have gone back. I'm transitioning back. Uh, Acts 17, chapter, verse number 24. It says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, Dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands. Though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. 
and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord if happily they might fill after him and find him though, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and we move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we love you today. We adore you today. We praise you today. We exalt you today. Glory to God, we ask you that you would just have your way in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. I usually, you may be seated. I, I, I'm, I usually don't put a title on my message. Um, I used to, but then I kind of stopped for a while. But I actually have a title for this message. Stretching the limits of your faith. Stretching the limits of your faith. You ask people a lot of times, do they believe in God? And they say Yes. And let me tell you something, I have come to the conclusion that whenever someone say they believe in God, it's true. They actually do believe in God. They actually do. They, this faith, this thing on the inside, this thing that have caused them and, 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 and enabled them to believe faith. I believe that faith, that, that understanding that there is a God and this God created the heavens and the earth. I have now come to a place where I realize when people tell me that they believe in God, they actually do. Now, as far as the degree and as far as all of the expression of their faith, they might be working on that. But faith is something that God does. Faith is something that comes from God. Faith is something that a person can't attain on their own. It's something that God has to give to them. God has to give them this faith. It's almost like it's like the ability to be able to, uh, if you if you can think in a in a woman, uh, if she has no eggs, to, uh, even though uh, the, there might be certain things that happen in her life, she'll never be able to have babies if her body is not able to produce a child. And I see faith as the same thing, the ability to be able to produce, the ability to be able to grow, the ability to be able to grow forward and to accept and to believe and go forward in the things of God. Otherwise, there won't be any potential. There won't be any ability to be able to go forward. So when I see this thing, this faith, this faith that God gives us, I understand that we get this understanding of God, this knowledge of God. And we can put borders around it. How often have we believed for someone else? But we may have a similar problem in our life, but for some reason we can't take our faith that far. We literally and genuinely have hopes and dreams for others, but sometimes when it's a little closer to home, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit too intimate, if you will where we don't have confidence that the same thing that we believe for others, God can do for us. And 
At one time in my life, I was thinking, nah, they really, they just don't believe. They don't got strong faith. They don't got this. But no, no, no. They have faith. You know, the scripture says that faith is as a grain of mustard seed, as a grain of mustard seed. So what happened was faith is as a grain of mustard seed, meaning the, uh, 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 faith is, it, it, it possesses a characteristic that it, it is what it is. And it's not so much the size of the faith, it's not so much the, uh, 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 it's not so much the size of the faith, it's more the faith doing what faith's supposed to do. Like the grain of mustard seed, the scripture says, though it be the smallest seed in the garden, it becomes the biggest, it becomes the biggest plant. Though it be it's the, one of the smallest seeds, after it's planted, it becomes the biggest plant. And the reason why is it was designed to do that. It was designed, even though it's a very small seed, it was designed to become a big plant. And your faith is as a grain of mustard seed, though it may not appear to be a whole lot. Though that your understanding and that there is a God in heaven, and this God in heaven created the heavens and earth, if that faith is placed in the right ground, if it's placed in the right hands, you'll find out that very faith can do everything you need it to do. As a matter of fact, that very faith can change your life. It may appear to be insignificant. It may appear that there need to be more to it. But there is there's no more need to this. Hallelujah. Faith in God is what we need. And I found out that we can actually stretch the limits that we put on our faith. Sometimes we say, I can't do this. I can't be that person. I can't do that. And what happened is a lot of time what we've done is put borders right on our own self, our own ability to go forward. We literally put borders on our own ability. I was so glad, uh, Pastor LaFave, this uh, last Sunday, a lady in our church that is very, 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 time nine shy. <laughs> I called her and I said, hey. Will you read Proverbs 31, the entire chapter, Sunday? And you know what she did? She said, yes. And she said, I just feel like the Lord is doing something in me where I should do this. You asked me, and I said, well, what happened was my wife and I was thinking about a lady to read this, and you were the first lady that came to our mind, and I just got a picture of you doing this. Well, she said, Pascal, you know how uh, difficult this might be for me. I said, I know. I said, I know. I said, you give it a shot. Let's try. She said, I want to do it because I feel like this is limiting me. I want to do it. So what ended up happening was Mother's Day, we was going through our, 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 our uh, going through our program. She brought her mother, which is 92 years old. She brought her mom. She showed up about five minutes late. I thought maybe she, I thought maybe she, 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 she decided not to come because of all the whole deal. She came in and I said, I'm so glad to see you. Well, it was time for her to come up and do the, the read of scripture. She came up with her Bible. Do you know she got up there 
And she looked at everybody. And she turned to me and she said, I can't do it. She said, I can't do it. And I, and I was telling, I told her, I said, all you have to do is just say the first word. You say the first word, you'll be able to do it. Just say the first word. And she said, I can't. I can't. And do you know she did not do it? And somebody was said, and she felt like one of the biggest failures in the world. But you know what? I called her later on because I just, I, I said, no, the devil is not going to win this. He's not going to get the victory. No, not, not for one moment. I called her later on that day. I said, do you realize what happened today? You were so uncomfortable to the point that when you even in the church, it's hard to get you to talk to your brothers and sisters. And, and even at her home, her husband tells me that, you know, she is very, 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 very timid, very shy, very closed in. For her to get to, I said, do you realize for you to even agree was nothing but an act of faith? She said, no, I feel like a failure. I said, that's why I'm calling you today. I don't want you to feel like a failure. I don't want you to feel like a failure because it was an act of faith that you actually even agreed to do it. You came up. So what happened was, instead of her reading it, I told her to stand right there, and I called one of the other sisters. I told her to hug her, and meanwhile, they did it together. She never said a word, but she stood up there. But it just, you know, this idea of putting a limit on what God can do in your life. I tell you what, sometimes you just got to get up in a place uh, that is very uncomfortable, hallelujah, to get to somewhere that might be comfortable. Sometimes to get to a place where you feel like God is leading you, you may have to challenge yourself just a little bit. You may have to press, hallelujah, and stretch expand the borders that you have placed on the faith that God has given you. Faith has this ability, even though it cannot, it's not, even though it's not, uh, it's not defined. It has the ability to expand in our own life. David said it like this, oh, magnify the Lord with me. The ideal is the fact is God can't be no bigger than what God already is. <laughs> but you know what we used to do? We used to magnify things that were small. And even though they maintain their same size, they appear bigger to us. And David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. I want to tell you something. You know what happened? David got a glimpse of a big God. David got a glimpse of God, a God that can do anything. And he, he, he kind of encouraged the rest of the people. He said, magnify the Lord with me. I know that I put borders on God before. I know that I put limits on God before, but I see a big God now. I see a God that's real big. I see a God that can do exceeding and abundant above all what we can act or think. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah, this ideal of God being bigger. I like a big God. I like a big God. I remember uh, Brother Lefebvre whenever I was going to, and God did something to me because, you know, I wanted to go to pastor. I felt like the Lord was calling me to, to, the, to minister out of the area. Well, my mom, my wife, love her mom, and I do want to honor my wife. She she sends her greetings, and the reason why I'm holding my tie is because she couldn't be here this morning. I had a black tie, and I went to kiss her and said, love, have a great day. 
She turned around, she looked at the way I was dressed, she said, you got to take that tie off. I said, love, it's a black tie. She said, it don't go with the suit that you're wearing. I said, I got black shoes and a black belt on, how it don't go? She got up out of her sleep. She got up out of her sleep and got me a black tie, or got me this tie. A good wife, right? How many people know ladies and men are different? Any lady here don't realize you're different from a man? Raise your hand. <laughs> ladies and men are completely different. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so so this, this ideal, so I, I want to tell you my wife sent her greetings and her love. This morning to everyone. Thank you. I'll let her know. Um, So this idea of God getting bigger, faith expanding. Do you know that God actually, turn with me to Hebrews. I'm going to just, I'm going to go through a couple scriptures real quick. I'm going to share some testimonies of what God is doing, Hebrews. How many people, who drink, how many coffee drinkers I got? Coffee drinker. Who make the coffee at home? Dunkin' Donuts make the coffee. I got any men that make coffee here? You make a coffee? Do you make it for your wife? Okay, good. Any, you make coffee for your wife? She's not your wife. Okay. Okay. Anybody make coffee? Any of the men make, any man here make coffee for his wife? You make coffee for your wife? Up here. Okay. Brother Heller does. Well, you should because the scripture says Hebrews. <laughs> Corny joke. chapter, verse number 6. <laughs> Hebrews 11 and 6. Guys, be careful. <laughs> Scripture says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And from there, begin to seek him, begin to go after him, and understand that he's a rewarder of them. Those that get their faith, they get a knowledge of God, and they begin to take this faith, this knowledge, and they begin to expand it. They begin to grow. The scripture says, besides this, in 2 Peter, verse number 1, chapter number 1, it says, besides this, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. This ideal that faith can 
I'm going to take the borders off of my faith. I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to believe God. God's given me a knowledge of himself and I'm going to take his word and, hallelujah, tear down some walls, tear down some things. Believe God beyond what I'm comfortable. Believe God beyond a place that I'm, I'm familiar with. Believe God beyond a place that I'm used to. I'm going to tear down some walls, tear down some barriers, some things that have kept me distant from God and everything that God wanted for me, my life, my family, my community, my church, everything that God wanted. Hallelujah, I'm going to tear down some of these things with the faith that he's given me. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I found this out. God give us faith. But guess what? I always have problems with this. I always have problems with this understanding. God gives faith. But it's my responsibility to believe. My belief actually will decide my next step. My belief will actually decide my next step. Faith is the knowledge and the understanding and the purpose. Faith is the knowledge of God, his plan for you. But the fact is, God might say that I am going to bless your life, and you can sit there and say, I don't believe that. God could say that, you know what, even the darkest situation, I can make light. And you can say, well, I believe that you're God. I believe that you created everything. I believe that you uh, created heavens and earth. But I don't believe that you can change my situation. I don't believe that you're able to help me. You see, what happened was I can't get help because I'm stuck here. Historically, this situation doesn't change. Historically, what happened is this situation stays the same. I lived in the world now for so many years. What happened one day turned to the next. Hallelujah. And things don't happen. But God even challenges that with the knowledge that he's God, all-powerful, omniscient, and all-knowing. He challenges even the most historical, hallelujah, obstacle. He challenges, and he still says, I'm God. But then from there, you have the responsibility to believe him. And that belief will determine your next step. It will decide what kind of limit you're going to put on this faith. It'll decide what kind of barrier blockade that, I'm, you notice I'm going to say, you'll set up. Because what happened was, your faith is like a, like a, a, a what is a real big train? <laughs> like a locomotive. <laughs> Amtrak. <laughs> That's local, right? <sighs> your faith is like a train, anything getting its way. It got to go down. Ask Moses. Pharaoh's army had to go down. The sea had to be removed in front of them. Come on, hallelujah. A nation had to go down. Hallelujah. Faith. Things got to go down whenever, when you got faith. Things have to happen when you have faith. Marriage has got to be put back together when you got faith. Come on, kids, kids begin to respond right when you got faith. School districts and 
Communities begin to change when there's some faith. You know what we, you know, hey, listen, this drug epidemic have affected us. As a matter of fact, my friend funeral that I preach, he was a very close friend of mine. He died of heroin uh, last Tuesday. I did his funeral Friday. You know, we got to praying. I live in Binghamton from the city where I'm from, Hudson. We got to praying. We said, Lord, please, we want to address this drug issue. We want to address this drug issue, and we got to pray. Someone said, someone had a specific prayer. They said, let's pray that God will slow down and eventually stop this huge drug epidemic, this heroin coming in, and that is killing, I mean, it's killing people. It's killing them. I mean, uh, not the long, slow death. It's bad stuff out there, and people are dying uh, while using. And do you know that two days later in a paper, Hallelujah. One of the drug pen, uh, kingpin got arrested in our area. You can look it up. Look it up. Look up. Drug dealer kingpin arrested in Binghamton area. Hallelujah. Want me to tell you something? Everybody around, like I said, here, you guys didn't know that until we, I, I just told you. But what happened was it was a huge victory for us because somebody said, I want, I'm tired of the limit that we put on what God can do. I'm tired of the limit, what we put on what God can do. I want to see, uh, hallelujah, I want to see this thing taken down. So what ended up happening was we're going to continue to pray. we got some other things coming down, but I want to tell you something. That's one of them. We're going to keep praying until God actually, we get the rest of them. So um, uh, go with me to, go with me to, uh, um, Go with me to Mark 115. Mark. I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna read just a couple more scriptures and I just want to tell you just a few things. One verse fifteen. Mark chapter, go ahead, iPad, keep messing up, I'm already, I'm in decision zone right now, so go ahead, tell me again. 115, it says, and saying the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye, believe the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. This ideal that the kingdom of God is so far away or God himself, God's presence and everything, his authority and who he is, is so far away. Well, the scripture, the Lord came when Jesus walked the earth. He told them the kingdom of God is right here. It's at hand, meaning that it's, it's, it's so close that you can actually touch it. And as he was physically talking to them, he was saying the kingdom of God is here. And I'm here to do a very special and a unique job. I'm here that men will be able to turn back, repent, turn back to God and obey the gospel and believe the gospel that is able to change their lives. We have the right to preach the gospel message. 
We are permitted by heaven to permit the, to preach the gospel message. I can preach the message with confidence. I can go into places that might appear very dark, might appear very hopeless, and I can preach the gospel, and we will get a very positive response. And the reason why is because God have ordained for the gospel to work. If people can come to a place and uh, understanding uh, that Jesus Christ is the Lord, that faith can build up into a brand new life. And as a matter of fact, that faith has to build up into a brand new life because that's all we got. That's what God gave us. That's what God gave us. A real quick, a, a quick principle. Go to Matthew. Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Matthew 16, 16. Matthew 16, 16. Okay, and you can read that rest of it. You can read the, the entire thing. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus just asked Peter, Peter, who do you people say that I am? And he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That was the response, 16. 17, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will, give unto, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charge he his disciples that they shall tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Okay. They solidify. Peter solidified with Jesus that Peter, who am I? He said, Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the son of the living God. You are God in the flesh. Hallelujah. You are, you are God to have come in the flesh to save us. He understood this. He said, blessed are you. He said, the flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. But then he went on to, he been, he, he went on to say, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, keys are to open things. We use keys to open doors. Keys are the open doors. And he said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. But that first statement would have not made sense entirely without the rest of this statement. I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever is forbidden in heaven is forbidden on earth. And whatsoever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Whatsoever is permitted in heaven is permitted on earth. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever is bound in heaven or forbidden in heaven, not that we make up our message along the way, but we get our message from heaven. He said, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys. But with these keys, you're going to be able to open the door. And you're going to be able to open the door at will. Because you're going to preach the message that I have given you from heaven. And you won't preach the message that I did not give you from heaven. 
You're going to preach whatsoever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Hallelujah. Understand, whatever is permitted or forbidden in heaven is forbidden on earth. And you're going to follow that. Peter, whatever is permitted or loose on earth is loosed in heaven or permitted on earth. And you're going to preach that. So, Peter, you don't have to ask me permission to pray for healing. You don't have to ask me permission to baptize someone in Jesus' name. You don't have to ask me for permission for someone to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom and this is what is permitted. I am permitting you to preach that people can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm permitting you to preach uh, that healing, hallelujah, people can receive healing. I'm permitting you to preach uh, that there is restoration and renewal. I'm permitting you to preach. uh, I'm giving you a set of keys. uh, Open the door. Open that door. Believe it with everything you got. Take this faith and expand it. Tear the walls down. Let people hear that whenever they're baptized in Jesus' name, that God can forgive every sin. Whenever they have repented, that they can turn back to God. It doesn't matter how big of an enemy they were before. God is able to forgive to the uttermost. We, we had a healing and miracle service just a, a couple weeks ago, and we were believing God for great things, and we got to fasting and praying, and we invited several churches, local churches, Brother Dutcher and Cortland and Brother Luma, actually, which is down here in Hudson. Brother Benjamin Arazu, Arazu, African brother in uh, Rome, he actually preached the message. He preached. But we had this healing miracle service, and we all get together collectively believing that God can do anything. Well, we had four people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. We had four people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, but amongst them we had several healings. We had one lady come from New York City that have had stomach cancer for several years, stage four stomach cancer, for several years. And we prayed for her. The Lord filled her with the Holy Ghost. We actually baptized her in Jesus' name. The same day, we actually baptized her in Jesus' name. She got baptized and received the Holy Ghost. But just to make this, this the story, she actually was, she's from New York City. She heard from her uncle that we were having this thing. She was, um, she got in her mind that I should go. I should go. I want to go. Well, her husband didn't want her to drive because the chemo that she actually stopped taking several years prior made the left side of her body or her legs numb. So she couldn't really feel the pedal. Driving, and she was like, that's a long way. And she's been sick. Well, like I said, we got to praying for her after the service. We had people testify. She testified that she felt like God did something immediately inside of her. But not just that. She said, well, we didn't realize what she had 
kidney failure. That she had a, like, a very high kidney failure that was also taking place all from this chemo. It was causing her kidneys to fail. Well, she had not ate a solid meal uh, in about two years. She was drinking liquids. We went down for our fellowship. She took a sandwich and bit into it, and she ate it. Praise the Lord. Now, I didn't think much of the, her eating a sandwich because I was thinking, that, well, that's normal. Well, she said, no, what you don't understand, I haven't eaten a sandwich in two years. Later on that night, she felt so good, she went to Kentucky Fried Chicken and bought two chicken sandwiches and ate them both. She hadn't ate a solid food in two years. When God does it, God does it. We had another lady. She walked in. Her 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 mother uh, her her uh, her mother was holding her baby because she's just a young lady. But her back, she uh, had four uh, uh, slip discs in her back. She couldn't even hold her baby, and that baby was running all over the church because Grandma couldn't keep her either. Well, you know what? We asked her what was going on. We prayed for her. She bent over. She didn't only bend over. She bent over and put her palms down on the ground. She stood up. She got her baby. She started walking around. I want to tell you that God can do it. Amen. There was another lady. She had two strokes. And she can barely, her, uh, with her stroke, she can hardly talk on the, uh, out of, uh, you know, whatever, whatever side it was. And she can hardly walk. She walked like this. I had her testify the next day. And what happened was, as she got up, she testified. And she said that, um, I jumped up this morning, and I went right to the bathroom. And I had to explain to my congregation what happened here. Because I said, she said, well, she said, I got up in the morning, and I went to the bathroom. Well, that, that, that's, uh, well that's normal. Well, that's not normal when your brain is sending a different message to your legs and you fall on the ground every morning. You basically have to roll to the bathroom every morning to get there until everything starts to communicate the best that it can. But she said the next morning she jumped up, she went to the bathroom. So what ended up happening was her brain had to be healed. Her brain had to be healed to tell her body to do the right thing. In order for it to respond right, and she went to the bathroom. Our God can do exceeding and abundant above all what we ask or think. You know, this is what the Lord told the disciples. He said um, in Mark 16, and I'm getting ready to conclude here. Mark 16, 16. It says... He that believeth on me and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth on he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. And I was thinking about this. These signs shall follow them that believe. Well, 
there's people that got faith because God gave it to them. But then there's people that get to a place of faith, people of faith, that take what God said to be true and they agree with God and they step. These signs shall follow them that believe. It's going to follow them as they're stepping, as they're stretching, as they're reaching. As they're reaching. Reaching out beyond the comfort zone, reaching out beyond where they're at. Believing in a God, taking the faith that he gave them and allowing that to lead them, allowing themselves to walk by that faith. He that believeth on me and baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be down. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they, if they drink any daily thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. These signs shall follow them that believe. I want to just, I want to, I want to say several words here. A slave, slave, imprisoned, overpowered, conditioned, stuck, depressing, failure, and all these words, I want you to think about these words. Imprisoned. Slave. Overpowered. Especially that overpowered. This is a big one. Not having the power to exercise the faith that God have put in us. But it, being overpowered maybe by the flesh, being overpowered by external circumstances. Another one is condition, stuck. I was in Watertown Easter. My musician can come if they're going to come. I was in Watertown on Easter, and I preached on a message, I believe, just... What God will do? What do you believe that God will do? Can do? And I didn't necessarily have an, an altar call. But a young lady was over in the corner praying by herself. And she began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. She received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I asked her afterwards, because she, she came up and said, she, you know, we realized she received the Holy Ghost. I said, when you were praying, what was you thinking? She said, I just believed that God was able to help me. And I was praying 
to a God that was able to help me. I was praying. She said, I just believed. She said, the thought just came over me that God can actually help me today. And she said, I, I just got to praying and went after God that way. And then all of a sudden, I just, the Holy Ghost just came over me. No matter where we're at, we got to be able to believe that God is able to help us. I've found this poem real interesting. If you want to reach a goal, you must see the reaching in your own mind before you actually arrive at it, your goal. There's something that, okay, we tear down some borders and we say, you know what? I'm ready. I believe, Lord, that you're able to help me. I want your help. I want your help. And I'm in a place now where in my life where it's something how, you know, you look at your pastor and you say, he's been in it so long and things just, there's just like a natural flow. Well, here's been my experience. My experience is the more that I'm living for God, the more I realize how weak I am. The more I realize how vulnerable I am. The more I feel like more dependent I am. And you would think that it would become the other way around. I did at least. I was thinking, well, it would become, you know, you get closer to God, you'll feel, I'm feeling more human than what I've ever felt. More like I need God more. More like, God, I can't make it without you. More like this life is difficult and I'm, I'm not strong. But you're my strength. You're my hope. You're my help. But my confidence comes in my faith, believing that God is able to help me. I rest in that. I'm okay being human. I'm going to tell you something. You know what the scripture says? That God have put this treasure in a fragile jar, an earthen vessel. He put this treasure in an earthen vessel. Why? Was it because he's not concerned about the treasure? No. Because he know that what that earthen vessel need more than anything is the treasure. That the power, the excellence, the excellency of the power might be of God and not of you. God want to get glory out of your life. By a show of hands, who needs something from God today? Everybody close their eyes. Close your eyes real quick. Real close, close your eyes. Raise your hand if you need something from God today. Oh, keep your eyes closed. Raise your hand today if you need the Holy Ghost, if you believe God for the Holy Ghost. Put your hands down. Everybody put your hand down. Today, if you want to believe God for the Holy Ghost, raise your hand. Hallelujah. Okay. okay. If you believe in God for the Holy Ghost today. Okay. At this time, I'm going to have everybody open their eyes. And we're going to all get ready to pray. And we're going to let just God just move through this place. Can you tear the walls down with me?
We tear the walls down. Take the borders off our faith. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And those people that are praying for the Holy Ghost, I'm going to ask if you'll come up front in front of them. Just believe God with me. And other people that had their hands up for needs, I want you to fall in wrap behind them. Hallelujah. Come on right up. Come right up. If you're believing God for the Holy Ghost this morning, it's Pentecost Sunday. Come on up. Anybody else that had their hands up? Hallelujah. This is good. Anybody else that had any other need, you can come on up. We're going to believe God. And the church is just going to begin. We're going to begin to pray. And those of you that are at your seat, I'll let you work your way up. I want you to begin to exalt the name of the Lord. Begin to exalt the name of the Lord. I said, come on, let's begin to praise him. Every hand lifted up. Let's begin to praise him. Take the borders off. That's it. Take the borders off. Take the borders off. Today's your day. Today's your day. Believe God. That's it. Come on, begin to pray right now. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Come on, there's a river getting ready to flow in this place. Come on. Prayers up here. Till it in the Savior's ear, Gentlemen. cast away your every fear. Only speak, and he will. 